Hello and welcome to Home Life for Extraordinary Impact. My name is Matt Barrios. I'm a husband and dad, researcher and writer and coach, and I am focused entirely on uh, helping explore global perspectives on home so that you can create your best life at home. That's what we're up to in this. And for that, I get to interview people, experts and everyday folks all around the world from uh, Iran to Copenhagen to the United States and beyond. And I found some very, very fun, interesting insights about home. This is all part of my larger project called Home Life Design Lab. Stick around for the end of the episode and I'll tell you a little bit more about that. But what I want to tell you about right now is that I'm very excited to talk about this special guest and uh, chat with Andy, who is with us today. Andy is a currently calling from South Carolina. Uh, thank you so much for making the time. And, you know, I'm glad the Internet can connect <laughs> us for great. this interview. And, and you specialize in um, safety and mm -hmm. security in the home. And I thought that was just like uh, – an incredible opportunity to chat with somebody who has put a lot of focus on this topic. And um, yeah, and that's not really an angle that I've explored so far on this podcast and in my research. So I'm very excited to talk to an expert in this. So, um, you know, one of my first questions I like to ask all of the people that I interview is basically when it comes to your life at home, what are some of the unique things that you like to do or um, important things that are parts of your life that help you uh, really be your best sure. self. And thank you, Matt, for the opportunity to be here. Um, it's great to talk to you and your home life audience. So some of the things that um, so that I do at home, like you, um, being home was kind of redefined during, you know, kind of this little global pandemic that we had. I don't know if you remember that or not. Yeah, and it was <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like, oh, gosh, you know, now I'm home all the time. And it really, you know, kind of set things in perspective for me as a husband and a father and that sort of stuff. But one of the one of the foundations of our home is making sure that we not only feel safe in our home, but that we are actually safe in our home. I believe that safety is the foundation of happiness. If people don't feel safe, then they can't uh, be really, truly happy because they're always worried about what's going to happen next. You know, what's the next unexpected thing, that sort of stuff. So honestly, setting ourselves up as a family to really, truly be successful really starts with feeling safe at home. And those are simple steps that you can take to make sure that your house is really just an uninviting uh, home for a burglar. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know your sh your show <laughs> yeah, focuses yeah. on making your home inviting for family and friends. I'm going to tell you, make it uninviting yeah. for the bad guys. <laughs> exactly. It's like there's in some cases you want to project very clear anti hospitality to certain people, whereas you want to be very very hospitable to other types. So uh, I think that is a funny mm -hmm. angle on this that I haven't really thought about. Um, so how did this topic became some something that was really important to you, Andy. Like, what, what was the... Sure. The so, you know, I had the, um, the realization in high school uh, that was life-changing that was my safety is my own responsibility. And so a lot of people don't realize that until they get into a very scary situation where they actually feel like their life is on the line. So I'm very unique in the fact that I looked at world circumstances at the time and realized, hey, if something goes wrong, I'm the only person that can get me out of here fast enough. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the moment that I realized I really, I don't need to be outsourcing my safety to first responders. I'm not, I'm not bashing first responders by any chance, by any means here. But sure, um, sure. what I'm saying is, is that we, 
we need to take responsibility for what we do, how we act, um, where we put ourselves, the situations that we create for ourselves. So that was really just this big moment of like, okay, I need to be the one who takes control of this. And so I looked at the world completely differently after that. And so um, it's been it's been a good road. It's been a hard road, and it's one that I'm going to continue to travel down. That's why I created the Secure Dad. I wanted to tell people what I was doing in my personal life, bring you along in my journey, and whatever you can pick up that works for you and your family, that is wonderful. Not everything that I say is perfect for every single family in America, and that's I understand that because everybody's unique. Every family is unique. So sure, sure. Uh, it's really yeah. about seeing what works for you, what works for your family, and how you can own that for yourself and your household. Mm-hmm. And so you're you're here to inform people, guide right. people on what what would kind of help them, I don't know, find their sweet spot for security and what it looks like for their home, their family life, and so on. That's really cool. Now, I, I want to also ask, like, so I know you're currently mm-hmm. in South Carolina. Is that where you, you've you're from originally, or what are the places that you've called home over the course Sure. Of I've lived in several places across the Carolinas from North Carolina originally, uh, but one of the greatest place that I think I have called home has been Charleston, South Carolina. It was recently, um, you know, voted like the number one city in America for, you know, vacation or something like that. And it really is truly wow. a, a wonderful place where I have a lot of great memories as a kid um, being uh, in Charleston and seeing all the different things. My dad worked downtown, so we got to go see all this amazing architecture and be a part of this this area that is really, really steeped in history from the beginning of America. And so, but we lived in a little brick house uh, on an island off the coast of you know uh, Charleston, and we had to to drive over bridge over bridge over bridge to get to the mainland and all that. Um, so just uh, wow. just fun times, fun memories uh, being in that place. That sounds really fun. I've actually never made it. That's to wonderful. Is it so? It's is it like kind of beach? Is it what? What is it like? Sure. Okay. So you could go to like Folly Beach and hang out there, and that's a huge, beautiful beach where you see a lot of tourism photos. A lot of TV shows will shoot there, things like that. Um, and so it is like what you kind of expect of a South Carolina beach. It's going to be just miles of you know the nice uh, sand and and the surf and all that. Charleston itself is pretty much built right up to the water. So if you go to the Battery downtown, which is kind of like the big iconic thing where you've seen in movies and all that sort of stuff, the the water literally just laps up onto the sidewalk. Uh, it's just right there. It's yeah, oh. oh yeah. And you know, we have these things called hurricanes that happen, you know? And so <laughs> oh, yeah. these things have stood, Gosh. these beautiful, beautiful homes that have stood for hundreds of years have lasted through all of these hurricanes and, and all of this. It's just amazing. That's yeah, wild. the trees and all of that, it's it's all there. It's 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 amazing to look at and think about. That's so cool. Gosh, uh, you know, bringing this back to safety security, like I, I know a large part of what you're doing is focused on um, you know, burglary mm. and, you know, foiling that. Is there also a layer to it around natural disaster oh, yeah. preparedness or something For sure. like that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, uh, would you tell me a little bit? Sure. More about that? So yeah. with, uh, with natural disasters, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, so you're out in California, um, you and your, your fellow Californians have to worry about wildfires, you know, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course the wildfires just, you know, made the news not too long ago with how New York city was completely covered and you know, this right, marsh, right, yeah. Martian landscape all of a sudden. Um, so yeah. you need to understand what the real threats to your home are 
whether it's going to be an earthquake, uh, whether it's going to be, you know, uh, a fire, if it's going to be a hurricane, tornado, whatever it is, what are the real threats that your actual home faces? And those are the things that you need to be prepared for. Many of those cases, like with wildfires and hurricanes, there's actually a lot of crossover. Generally, you kind of know that an event is happening. It's not like a tornado where something kind of goes wrong in 30 minutes. I guess maybe technically with a fire you could. But generally, you know there's a problem and it's coming. I always encourage people, don't hesitate to evacuate. Doesn't matter what it is. Mm. You don't want to be that person who is, you know, car number 100 in that line. You want to be one of the first people out. Um, and if you end up leaving your area for, you know, and you could have stayed, who cares? Who cares? So, right. you know, it, yeah. you went for a right. ride. You know, you, right. went, you stayed Whatever. in a hotel, yeah. you ate at a different place. You met some different people. Wonderful. It's a great story. So um, I tell people all the time, if you think there's going to be a need for you to evacuate, you want to be one of the first ones out, not one of the last ones. You don't want to have that situation where mm-hmm. a firefighter knocks on your door and says, you got 10 minutes to get out. You don't want to have to do that. So if you enter into one of those situations, make sure you start packing your bags uh, that has your vital stuff in it, like your medication, clothes, food, clean water, that sort of stuff, so that you can just kind of pick up and go when you need to. Um, So, yeah, definitely if you're in California where there are areas that are are prone to wildfires, I would actually have a go bag that is just stacked, you know, there by your door that has, you know, your basic one to two nights supply of stuff so that if you do get that knock on the door, you can grab that bag plus, you know, your family hit the, you know, grab the car and go, that sort of thing. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, just being prepared and knowing what the real threats are will take, will help you really focus your time and energy. That makes sense. And, you know, listening to you talk, it, it both sounds like uh, you're, you're so good at helping people be prepared. But it seems like also in this this line of work and stuff, you're also having to remind people of things that people would rather not yes. think about. Right? All the like, time. Yes. Just like, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to think about natural disasters. I don't want to think about burglaries. Right. Like, don't tell me the risks. Right. <laughs> like, I I just want to be carefree in my life. Right. So and. And yet I do think it is really important that there's going to be some people in the world who are just helping, helping us be prepared, right? Right. Or right. what could be, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so, you know, thinking now on this theme of uh, safety, security, we've kind of like explored this natural disaster side. You also brought up like burglary and all of that. I know that's a big issue here in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Car break-ins are very normal. Oh, yeah. Um, building yeah. break-ins. We live in a large like 40 complex building. Um and I, I just anticipate that my packages may not arrive. Uh, yeah. I just an- yeah. expect yeah. that probably somebody's going to come in on the street, 50% chance it's going to get picked up and taken right. out. Right. Like, so that's difficult. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yes. And very annoying and whatever, all the reordering and people now are used to it or whatever. But, um, but yeah, what, what are the kinds of things that, you think about when it comes to theft, burglary, and uh, helping prevent that kind of Sure. Thing. So the, the biggest thing that you really want to do is make your house look like a less attractive of a target than your neighbors. And I know that sounds kind of cruel when I say that, but it's kind of <laughs> sure. kind of what we're dealing with. You know, if you you know you live in a condo or you live in a, a freestanding home no matter no matter where, I would always suggest that you add exterior lighting to your home. 
making sure that your home is lit up will not only help your curb appeal, but it's also going to take away the darkness that's on your property. And if the, you know, a burglar stands on the street and they see your house, that's all lit up and your neighbor's is dark. Well, they can definitely get closer to your neighbor's house because they will not be seen. They can get up close to the window. They can get up close to the front door and they will feel much more emboldened to act on that dark home than they will one that's lit up. So a lot of people are surprised when, when I say that that's one of the things that you should really do to your home because they're like, Oh, Andy, I just would have thought you would have told me to like, you know, build a moat and put sharks in the moat, that sort of thing. (laughs) And you know, Hey, if you want to do that, go for it. But um, no, really it's going to help your curb appeal. It's going to help your neighborhood look nicer, (laughs) that sort of stuff. So um, yeah. So, I mean, those, that's, that's one of the things that you can do. Um, Another thing that you can do is make sure that you understand who your neighbors are build that community because even in the event of a natural disaster that we were just talking about your community is going to come together to help get you know tree branches off of people's cars and their homes maybe somebody has power another house doesn't to be able to share those resources so know who your neighbors are you don't have to be best friends with you know these folks i get that but what you what you do need to understand is that you are part of a greater community and while i do coach people to have your home in order also do what you can to make sure that your home is a positive thing in your community, that you and your family are a positive mm-hmm. thing in your community. So, you know, add that light to the home, be a positive person in your community, get to know the people who are around you, because also in those situations you can find out, oh, hey, there's a meth lab next door, and I don't feel comfortable sure. being here anymore. So then that no, might be, no oh, Lisa's up, we're out, you know, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So just to, you're telling me an exact story from. Oh, really? Right now. That's pretty. Crazy. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah, gosh. Yeah, you live next wild. door to yeah, a meth yeah. lab. <laughs> oh, we lived downstairs from one. <sighs> it was directly above us. Actually. Uh-huh. I've told this story on this podcast before, but just to tell you briefly, like, uh, yeah, we were we had just found out we were pregnant and we found out like in the middle of the night, three thirty in the morning, the alarm goes off. We the guy up above us had set it off. Come to find out that it was like this guy cooking meth <laughs> in the apartment above us. <laughs> And we're just like, all right, time to get out of here. It is, yeah, we've overstayed our welcome, apparently. I don't know. Right. But, uh, yeah, so luckily now we're in a much, much better place. Good, good. Yeah, I actually had a a neighbor who was a drug dealer. And uh, by the time I figured it out, I was like, I was living month to month at that point. And I was like, you know what, I'm out of here. I'm not. I'm not going to do this anymore. And there was this this kind of strange, scary moment when his, um, like, his regional manager showed up. And uh, this black Whoa. Lincoln car uh, pulls up, and these three guys that look, you know, Ukrainian or, or something like that, they all get out, and um, the two guys walk into the home, and the third guy stands at the car, and I'm on my way, I'm on my lunch break, and I'm on my way back to work, yeah. and the third guy just stares me down until I go back into my apartment, and I'm like, okay, and I just called my boss, I'm like, I'm going to be late from lunch. I'll be back oh whenever this is done. That is insane. <laughs> and I was like, and at that point, I'd made the decision that I was going to leave, but I was like, I can't get out yeah. of here fast enough. Yeah. Oh, for real? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I mean, you, you add these situations up, and everybody, I think, has these stories they've collected over time that adds up to. I, I actually need to make sure I'm in an environment where I feel safe, mm-hmm. and I feel like I know the neighbors, and I can trust them enough, you know, or something like that, or... You know, like I want to be in an environment that's not too crazy, Mm -hmm. a neighborhood that's not too wild, right? So, yeah, like uh, I see what you're doing. It it seems like it's also a collection of stories that you've backlogged over time that are just 
convince you, actually, this is really important mm -hmm. to have a secure and safe mm -hmm. place, right? Um, you are, I know you've also mentioned that this is something that you do for your families, like you, you're the secure dad, right? So what do you think is the effect of fostering security in your home for the sake of your, your family? What benefits does it have for the family? Sure. I think you can overdo security. You can absolutely overdo it. Um, if you get to the point where you are fostering an environment of paranoia, that is too far. Totally. Yeah. So there, there's a balance. And for every home, it's different. For every family, every personality, it's different. So um, the positive sides of security is you're going to teach your family, okay, these are, the, these are the boundaries that we need to respect in order to be safe for where we are. Obviously, we don't, you know, just leave all of the burners on of the gas stove all the time. You know, we don't, we don't leave our door unlocked. Believe it or not, Matt, there are so many uh, ring camera videos that I see of burglars coming up to a home, and the first thing they do is try the doorknob. And a lot of them actually will get in. They will. There was actually one that I saw not long ago. This guy kind of comes up and looks around, and he grabs the doorknob, and it opens by two inches. And the dude, he just stands there in shock, like and looks around at his accomplices. Is like, really? This? The, okay, let's go. And so they yeah, want. They were not yeah. expecting that. Um, so yeah. So just the basic practices yeah. of making sure your doors and windows are locked. Those sorts of things are all things that yeah. you want to pass on to your kids for sure. So that when they go off into the world, they have their first apartment, their first home, they carry on and they share what they learned with you when they lived at home with you. And so that's kind of like a setting up a generational understanding of what security is. Um, I know my, my parents kind of grew up in the, the age of, Oh, we didn't lock our doors at night. Everything was fine. And that's sure, okay. Sure. It yeah. really wasn't fine. We just didn't have, you know, 24 hour news networks and the internet to tell us what's <laughs> really going on. But yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That, that's a big paradigm shift. But I, I feel like if you do it correctly, it's going to really give you that foundation of happiness. Like we talked about earlier. Hmm, that sounds good. And I think you twice now you've kind of brought up this idea of like, um, so at first you're saying know your neighbors and be a positive, like be prepared so that you can be a positive impact on your your neighborhood. Now also you're thinking generationally with uh, mm -hmm. your kids and like what what service will being raised in a really secure, safe environment actually do to help them and, you know, their roommates in the future while they're in college and so on and so forth. So I, I just think that there's actually like a mind that you have, which is something that I'm interested in in this project, like for the impact of things, mm -hmm. um, the ways that things have, you know, butterfly effects. Oh, that yeah. We may yeah. not necessarily, necessarily really see, and yet it ends up being, uh, having social impact. In a, in a positive way, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I really love that, and uh, I really care about that a lot in this project. Are there any other things that you're seeing about like the way that home and a secure home can positively impact the world? Sure, there is the the mindset of if I have my home in order, and you have your home in order, then we'll just have a bunch of homes that are in order, and that will change your that will change your uh, your neighborhood. That sort of thing. If I take care of my home, you take care of your home, we're going to be okay. Now, the difference there is um, what is good for my home is not necessarily good for my neighbors next door and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So I also think yeah. there's a level of respect that you have to extend 
to everyone else and a level of understanding, not to be judgmental of what works in one home doesn't work in your home, that sort of thing, but to still make sure that your home lives up to your standards, but you're still respectful of everybody else and theirs until your standards cross somewhere where like you have a neighbor who thinks it's okay to have a meth lab, that sort of thing that crosses a line that crosses a boundary, that sort of thing. So yeah, to not only, this helps your kids understand their personal boundaries that they have for themselves, but the boundaries that other people set up for them, for themselves, and to be able to see those and to understand those better. And when you can teach your kids how to understand interpersonal boundaries and boundaries at work, at home, um, you know, in your commute, whatever it is, the better off they're going to be. That is so good. And I love the, the note of, um, cultivating respect mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. way that those things are going to be different from one another. Right. Like, and I think that's really valuable to be able to individualize, treat people with like, oh, you have your own way of thinking about things. And mm-hmm. sometimes that will cross a, cross an objective line that is breaking the law and doing harm to people and so on and so forth. And we got to, you know, deal with that in, in due right legal ways. But other times, like, you know, it is just a matter of preference, it mm-hmm. turns out, you know, based on personality or values or what have you. Uh, that's really interesting. So now I, I love this conversation about um, safety and security. Now I'm interested to hear a little bit about more about your home um, and the way that you run it. So when your home is going really, really well, what mm-hmm. are some of the things that are happening in your home? I think for one of the things that happens when our home is running well is everybody is on the same page. Like we are all doing what needs to be done. Uh, that means like, hey, we're taking care of the yard. We are, you know, working on a project in the house together. Uh, maybe it's just that we do a deep cleaning before family comes over, those sorts of things. When yeah. everybody is working together, that creates a harmony. And mm. when there is a shift in that, that's when things can kind of go wrong. When everybody's working the same way, and things are off, whether, you know, good or, or bad, or it's something that's your fault or not your fault. That's when you can do the thing of, oh, man, I forgot to close the garage door last night. That can be the, oh, man, I've left the front door unlocked or this window stayed open all night. Those sorts of things are going to happen. But when you when that harmony is disrupted, when, you know, people are not really focused on their home and their what's going on. That's when those little things can happen. And my last name is Murphy and Murphy's law is whatever can go wrong. will go wrong. (laughs) So I understand that if I, as long as I am disciplined in how I protect my home, then if I make one little mistake, it'll still be okay. Hmm. And that's going to be there is how you set up your home to be successful when it comes to security. And that is teaching your kids, you know, when they run out into the backyard, close the door behind them. That sort of thing. When they come in from playing, lock the door behind them, that sort of thing. My son has actually locked me in our backyard several times. Uh, we actually have a doorbell on the backyard, uh, or the back yeah. door, because uh, he, he's just in the habit of locking the door when he comes back into the home. And I have never once been mad at him for locking me out of the house. I will hey, just yeah. ring the doorbell, and I will, uh, I'll wait for him to, to come back and get me. And it's one of these crazy doorbells that has all these like random sounds and stuff like that. So I never know <laughs> when I hit the button. And what's if it's going to be a rooster crowing or if it's going to be a horse neighing or whatever it's going to be. So, yeah. yeah. So it's just in those moments where things get a little off kilter, that's when things can go wrong. But if you've set up 
a good discipline in your home, and I don't mean that in a, in a derogatory way, but just in a positive way, that everybody's working on the same stuff, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I think that's such an interesting point that like there's a unified goal within mm-hmm. the family and how it's functioning in the home, like cleaning together, you know, enjoying life together, whatever it might be, hosting together. When there's a unification of like we're doing this, this thing together, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that sense of harmony that comes through. That I know that really rings true for me. I'm flashing back to our Saturdays. Uh, my dad putting on a, a Phil Collins record record on the, the you know on the stereo and it's uh-huh. like house time. You know what I mean? Yes. And, yes. You familiar with this? I am. Yeah. You said <laughs> Phil Collins. I was like, man. Yeah. Like the uh, the album with In the Air tonight. I can. I, it's funny, like when I hear songs, and I, I've actually been on a Phil Collins kick here of late, which is funny. I oh, can okay. actually see the the album spinning on the turntable because that's when I heard the songs the first time was on a record player. So yeah, man, I'm I, I yeah, <laughs> I've I've been there. That is awesome. You know, you know full well. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think when um, when I when I was a kid, those times were so annoying and i'm like why are we listening to this music <laughs> yes. and yeah. why do we have to clean the house again and so mm-hmm. on and so forth but now i can look back on it with like quite a bit of gratitude and mm-hmm. you know it's a fun story to tell and when we get together as a family we reminisce about all the different albums that we listened to when we were, when it was clean the house time mm-hmm. and i think there's just a positive opportunity for uh, especially families living in a home together and doing all the projects about keeping the home together and preparing to host people and everything that can also be such uh, such a groundwork for positive memories. Um, so yeah, just, I'm just like jiving with you on that point. Oh yeah, like, oh what, yeah. It is such an example of when life's going pretty well. Um, now, when when home is also you know going sideways, right? Like, what does mm-hmm. that look like? Feel like for you? Because that inevitably happens for all of us, but. Right. What does that look like for you? Um, it kind of looks like usually there's an absence of a person um, mm-hmm. because my wife has had to step in and take care of her parents, you know, here of late. And so unexpectedly, she'll just be gone for a day or two to take care of, you know, whatever's going on. So I know that as a dad, I'm perfectly capable of running this house, you know, on my own, that sort of thing. So that's a really cool thing to have between two parents is knowing that, yeah, OK, one of us has got to be gone for a little while. That is going to get something sideways, but we still have our basics of who we are, what we represent, and what we're going to do. So, like, I know that if I'm away for traveling for work or something like that, that my the my front door is locked because my wife knows to do that. My son knows to do that. That even in those times where things do get off kilter, those basic core principles that we've set up as a family are still there. And so that's one of the things, man, when you can have confidence in your family that they're going to do those sorts of things, that, that's an amazing that's an amazing thing. And of course, as humans, we're going to make mistakes here and there. But yeah, yeah just when, when things start to go sideways, a, a way to bring it, things back to center is to focus on what you do and what you do well. And that can be securing your home, making sure that your, your kids are getting their homework done, establishing that routine as much as possible as you can when things just really kind of seem alien. Gosh, Andy, that sounds very helpful to have, have roles that are connected to routines. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, that's a valuable insight there because I know for me and our family, both me and my wife are personality wise, 
uh, slightly more le- more non-routine types, so a little more free-spirited, you know, go with the flow or what, what have you. And it's been a challenge, like, having a kid and realizing, oh, kids really <laughs> do thrive on routine. And yes, they do, yeah. We've got to figure out how to do that. And um, But I think what you're adding to this layer, uh, the layer you're adding to this is the idea of we have our different roles in the routines mm-hmm. as well, yeah, which right. is really helpful to hear. Um, and I think that applied to us. Like, you know, I, I'm head chef of our house, right? Like I awesome. love like cooking's like my sweet spot, you know? Awesome. Good. And yeah. it sounds like you're security expert of the house. Right. That's yeah. what I do. And thankfully, yeah. um, I do not have cooking skills. That is not my sweet spot. <laughs> sure. I mean, I can I can hold it down. Um, you yeah. know, I can do stuff, but yeah, my wife is that is her thing. She loves to do that. Awesome. Uh, she's very good at it, which is why I'm overweight. <laughs> Me too, and I and I do it to myself actually. So, <laughs> so Oh man, I love it. Well, okay, so we've covered some awesome ground here in this interview. Um you know, another question that I like to ask people is what are maybe the daily, weekly, monthly rhythms that you keep uh, in your home that help set it up? So you already kind of alluded to this with like kind of having this discipline routine thing. But what are those like daily, monthly, weekly things? Sure. So a lot of times, you know, like going to the grocery store is a big thing. You know, we, we live in a place where we go to the grocery store, you know, once every seven to 10 days or other people they're, they're at the store, they're at the market every day to buy whatever they need, that sort of thing. So um, I know that if we're going to go out and make sure that, you know, we've got our meal plan taken care of and we're going to go get what we need. I'm trying to plan those outings at the best time for our family, meaning that we're hopefully not going to go out in the middle of a thunderstorm or we're not going to go out in the middle of bad traffic or I'll hop on, Twitter and take a look. Oh, is, you know, is there a riot this week? You know, what, what is it that's going on? So that, that rhythm of what we're doing, going to the, to, to the store, taking care of whatever, isn't going to be affected greatly by something that I could help mitigate that sort of thing. Um, I kind of like yesterday, we kind of got caught off guard doing some stuff and ended up in some pretty bad storms, my son and I. And so uh, we actually had to get off the interstate for a little while, that sort of thing and having a plan to be able to do that. So, and that yesterday kind of did go sideways. Uh, So it's funny that we're talking about it now, but um, just being able to say, okay, so here's our, here's our plan. Here's our rhythm and being able to be flexible enough to say, okay, we're going to have to do it a little bit differently this week. We're going to have to do it a little mm-hmm. bit differently this month. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. going back to that whole little pandemic thing we had, you know, just yeah, a little yeah. while ago, <laughs> that uh, I think really helped a lot of us be able to understand how to to pivot and how to be able to say, okay, this is my normal rhythm of life. It's going to be a little different now. And so now, once this is done, once this is over, how do I go back to where it was? That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But just to make sure that what my plan is i can actually execute in the environment that sort yeah. of thing to make sure that everything's going to be cool that i'm going to you know not stumble onto you know protesters blocking the interstate that sort of thing yeah. if i can help that sort of stuff so that's the things that's how i help keep my family rhythm going from week to week month to month mm-hmm. okay yeah so i hear a lot of uh paying attention to uh the different things that a person like might need a contingency plan for, right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's weather, uh, politics, you know, protests, so on, right? Like all those things, like 
actually you try to keep your finger on the pulse of that um, mm-hmm. as you go through your normal life, getting groceries and so on. So that's actually that's a, a very unique thing, I think. That mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, it's certainly not the way that I think about things, but it, you know, different strokes for different folks. And it, but it is like a, it seems very helpful actually to uh, to have like that level of uh, mm-hmm. uh, mindfulness of it all. Yeah, that's great. Um, so as we're kind of getting to some closing motions in this interview, which uh, I've just so enjoyed, Andy. So thank you for it's being part of it. Um, you know, you've been um, like answering these uh, questions, uh, talking about security, talking about family life, talking about all this stuff. So even just like thinking about this interview and maybe your preparation for it, are, do you have any recommendations for people for um, how they could have a really secure home? Sure. So one of the things that I, I really tell people to understand, and we, you kind of alluded to this a little while ago, and that is understanding that you can be the victim of a crime. As scary as that is, as much as you really don't want to think about that, and I understand it. Yeah. Um, even me, I've written a book on home security. I have a podcast about home security and all these sorts of things. Yeah. Somebody could try to break into my house tonight. Now, I'm trying to do everything I can to mitigate that, but that doesn't make me not susceptible to those sorts of things. Right. So even I look at this and say, you know what? I could be the victim of a burglary. I could be the victim of a phone scam or you know an email, a phishing scam, that sort of stuff. Right. So to understand okay, I'm vulnerable. These sorts of things can happen to me. Take a deep breath. Now that I know that, what's the reality? What's the reality of what could potentially happen here? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not necessarily worried about, you know, uh, a plane falling out of the sky and hitting my house, that sort of sure. thing. But I am concerned. I'm one of those people that when I leave my home, I'm like, man, did I turn the oven off? I didn't sure. use the oven today, but what if I had randomly turned it on? Mm-hmm. Those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. So it's understanding what that real threat is. And so for you in your neighborhood, you might have problems with people stealing packages off your porch, that sort of thing, like mm-hmm. you were talking about. Yeah. For that, I would say, hey, why don't you consider getting like a P.O. box somewhere and just having your packages delivered there? I know it's really inconvenient to have to go out of your way to pick it up, sure. that sort of thing. Yeah. But that's an alternative that you could use, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, another way that you can help make your, your home safer is to know what you are capable of. Um, you know, I will fully admit one night right before I, I really started getting serious with um, starting the Secure Dad. I was sitting in bed looking up at the ceiling fan and said to myself, you know, if somebody were to break into our house right now, I don't know what I would do. Hmm. And that's a big moment, especially uh, for a a man, a husband and and, and a father, you know, gosh, what would I do? Because that kind of falls on me. That's my role in our family. And so it was like, okay. So I started thinking about it. Okay. Well, how would I keep somebody out of my bedroom? How would I keep them off the second floor of my home? How would I keep them from getting through my door? How do I keep them off of my property? And I would just kind of work it on out until I can say, okay, well, if somebody's standing on the street, my house looks like an unappealing target. So they never get to the door. They never get up the stairs. They never get to the bedroom, that sort of thing. So it's really understanding how vulnerable you are, what you're capable of, what you're not capable of, and understanding even in your capabilities. Like I say this of people who are martial artists all the time. I love martial arts. think it's fantastic. But a lot of people think that they can just punch and kick their way out of every problem where the real problem, the real 
thing would have just been, okay, let me walk away from this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That sort of thing in a confrontation. I know that's not necessarily home security. But, you know, understanding what you are capable of, what you want to do in these sorts of situations, Mm -hmm. and, of course, trying to avoid the horrific scenario that somebody is in your home at night. Because chances are if somebody's in your home at night, they want you, not your stuff. Um, So that's... That's the thing that you work on trying to avoid. You identify that threat. You identify that problem. And then you take a look at your home and you say, uh, this is something I actually want all your listeners uh, to do tonight, is if it's okay, go stand outside your home at night and then again in the day and say, if I were a burglar, how would I break into my home? How would I do this? Can I jump the back fence? Uh, oh, gosh, I left the garage door open. Somebody could just easily walk in and take stuff out of the garage. Sure. Did I lock the door between the garage and the house? That sort of thing. And you'll yeah. start to see what the bad guys think. And believe it or not, like I'm on the East Coast, you're on the West Coast. Well, architecture, you know, dr- is drastically different from where you are to where I am. Yeah. The way that the common criminal thinks is not that different from zip code to zip code. It's, they're going to be looking for the same sort of stuff um, because it's human behavior. Right. It's part of human behavior. Yeah. Um, so when you understand that that bad guy is a human that's going to use their human brain to think about how they would break into your home, you can kind of take some of that power away from them by saying, okay, if I were a bad guy, how would I break into my home? Mm-hmm. And then you fix those problems that you find, mm-hmm. and that will really put you ahead. That's great. Gosh, yeah. It, it seems like a very helpful uh, perspective to kind of put yourself in their shoes and, you know, w- what would be mm. the weaknesses that would be exploited uh, if somebody were to try to break in and all that. And, yeah, and what can you do to cover that, right? Make sure that it's mm-hmm. not, um, you know, set, setting yourself up to be a victim of that crime. And, right. you know, I would hope that nothing happens to anybody, but the reality is that things oh, yeah. do happen to people, mm-hmm. sadly. And uh, it's better to uh, you know, try to make sure that it doesn't, doesn't happen then not. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Andy, thank you so much. Um, for people who are interested in getting in touch with you, hearing more about, um, your project and, um, you know, how they could be coached by you, hear about your podcast and so on. Like how could people get in touch with you? Sure, absolutely. You can go and check out thesecuredad.com. Uh, there's a ton of resources on there. Uh, my home security book is there. You can check that out if you want to. Um, also, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, uh, and the username for both is thesecuredad. But for your listeners, what I think they might really benefit from is I have an absolutely free guide. It's a quick reference guide to home security. It's about quick wins that you can do right now tonight with investing very little money to make your home a harder target than it was. So if you go to thesecuredad.com slash tools, you'll see that home security quick reference there. It's a PDF guide, and I will send it to you for free, no strings attached. That's awesome. Thank you, Andy. And I hope people do take you up on that offer. I will make sure to gather um, you know, those social handles, those websites, uh, URL, URLs, and everything. I'm going to put them in a link in the show notes on the companion blog piece to this interview. So if you're you're listening, you're like, I want to follow up with this, then please just ch- click on that uh, blog post. You'll find all the info in one place gathered there. So thank you, Andy, for an amazing interview and coming on as an expert in home security. It was a really valuable conversation. Thank you, Matt. I had a, I had a lot of fun talking to you. Thanks for listening to Home Life for Extraordinary Impact. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed putting it together for you. Please take a moment to rate it, like it, and subscribe wherever you have listened or watched. 
If you really loved it, check the link in the show notes to become a premium subscriber to support the ongoing work of this project and to unlock some exclusive premium episodes. Home Life for Extraordinary Impact is a project of Home Life Design Lab. Find out more at homelifedesignlab.com where you can sign up for the newsletter and follow along on Instagram and TikTok. Thanks.